I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello. Hello. How are you? Mm, you froze a lot there, <laughs> but we'll let that go. Good. It's uh, only one more day of class in this semester, so we're doing hey. well. Damn. And then uh, it's exams? Yeah. That's, that would be the less fun part of ending class. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, what about you? I'm good. I just got home from work. Didn't have a meltdown today. Small victories. Small victory. You know what? Big victories. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do you have proper bevies this time? Uh, yes, I have several. Nice. First, um, I have a tea. Because I am ill a little bit. We're oh, doing our best. Second, I have water. Because I always need that. Third, I have vodka. Not plain. It's vodka. And like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's a vodka drink. Um, that's what I was trying to say. But vodka is fine. The point you is. Know that that clip, you know that clip of um, Harry Styles. Like talking to an audience member in a concert. And he was like. He's like, what are you drinking? And they were like, vodka. And he's like, straight? And they're like, no, gay. Yes, <laughs> I do not know that, actually. <laughs> That's what I just thought of. <laughs> they were like, vodka. Straight? No, gay. Anyways. Not, it's mixed. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being ill, I realized, because I recently edited and released the um house of sky and breath episode and while recording that i was sick and i realized that i never mentioned that um at the top of the podcast but like sometimes at least i cut out most of them but like i feel like sometimes throughout the episode you might hear me sniffle um so apologies to the listeners because i couldn't cut them all out and i definitely didn't um let y'all know that i was sick (laughs) how dare you sniffle outrageous i know disgusting disgusting so what are you drinking um as always i'm drinking my classic uh straight and narrow i've got a mixed six pack so we got pear rhubarb which is the one i'm drinking right now grapefruit rosemary and lemon lavender 
fun. And they're like a gin seltzer. I like gin seltzers. You totally ruined my ASMR mo- moment. I know. I saw you doing it. And you know what? <laughs> I decided to burst your bubble. Oh, do you have a reason for drinking other than sickness and exams? Um, no, those are probably it. I, uh, you know, when you have an, like an exam review class and they no, go over. My university is very different than yours. That's true. Okay. I had an exam review class. This happened last semester too, and it it turned out fine for me. So obviously I just need to study. But when you go to an exam review class, they like go over a question and you're like, did we learn this? <laughs> like, is this oh. on topic? Um, and it is. It just like has lost its place in my brain. Um, that's what happened to me today. So we're doing well. We're doing well. I just need to study. Um, I've heard that uh, I'm trying to do this new study technique, which is actually working really, really well for me called, you know, in Sherlock, um, how he always is like, shut up. I'm going to my mind palace. Is that what that's from? Yeah, that's from Sherlock. Yeah, I know you were a big Sherlock guy um, when we were younger, but I never watched that. So, Uh, okay. Sometimes I forget what I watched and you didn't. I actually, I don't think I've seen the last season of Sherlock because I heard it was bad and then I didn't want to ruin the show for me. Um, Honestly, smart. But anyways, so apparently, I don't, I didn't know what that was. I was, you know, a child when watching that show. But apparently that's like a legitimate way of like retaining knowledge is you basically like create a visual like home or like like a house or like a place um in Sherlock it was a palace um where you essentially will create rooms in your quote-unquote mind palace where you designate certain information and having like a visual representation of like something that's not real in your mind like helps you memorize things a lot better and I'm just saying I started doing that and then I got a hundred percent on a math assignment which has never happened before in my life I specifically remember learning I don't know if it's exactly that but like the like picturing a shelf and then or like walking through a house and then like at Mm -hmm. each point and it was a way to help us memorize our French speech in like seventh grade I remember that that's what we were taught and the concept because I didn't learn until recently that the way I picture things in my brain is not the way everyone pictures things in their brain Mm -hmm. like when they're like oh yeah imagine something I don't see anything so like the concept of like imagining yourself walking through a house and like shelving your thoughts nothing's in there like I have you don't no see visual. anything when you picture things no remember we had that conversation where I like uh I know there's a there's a term for it I like I was talking with my friends no it's uh I'm gonna say it wrong so I'm gonna google it 
Aphantasia. That means nothing to me. I don't know what that is. Okay. I thought we talked about it. Maybe we didn't. Um, I don't honestly know if I have it. Can't tell. I don't know what I'm supposed to be seeing. It's hard to like describe <laughs> it to someone else. And when they describe it to me, I'm like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Or are we just... But basically, when I picture something in my head, like I don't have a visual... Like, if I'm thinking of an apple, I don't mm. see an apple. I'm just thinking of an apple, you know? So, like, picturing, like, even when I'm reading, I'm thinking of it, but I don't see anything. Interesting. Yeah, no, I definitely have visuals. Yeah, so. They are a little blurry, I will say, unless I get, like, really, really, like, deep. And it's almost, like, meditative. When it's, like, a meditative process for me, like, it's, like, a fucking HD image. And I can literally, like, it, it's there. Like, it looks like I can reach out and touch things. What what happens to you before bed? Because I'm, like, <laughs> do you just fall asleep quickly? Because, like, before bed, I always, like, am, like, making up fake scenarios in my brain before bed. And they're, like, there's visuals. It's like I'm watching a movie. No, I... But it's from my perspective. I think, like, I just lay there thinking, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but, like, it's not, like, I honestly don't know how to explain. It's not that I'm not visualizing it. Like, I'm tr I'm thinking of the image, but it's not an image. It's the idea of an image, you know? I think I kind of, I think, I think I kind of understand what you're saying, but also I don't. Yeah, but whatever, point being, to circle back <laughs> to what you were saying, um, basically that technique does not make any sense to me because I have no image. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was my point, but that's cool that you do. Um, yeah, so I think I'm going to take advantage of the skill set that I do have and just do that. Yeah, my you know? my mind palace is not filled. <laughs> <laughs> is there a reason you're drinking? <laughs> have you caught the mice? Yeah, actually the mouse problem has gotten way less bad. Um we're pretty sure they were coming from the hole in my wall in my room from when they installed my new like heater because they basically like filled that and we haven't seen mice since. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, so I'm stoked, but I do hear them in the walls still, so that's like a little jarring. But other than that, no more mice, and I got a hundred percent on a math assignment. So you're basically just crushing it. Mm hmm and I'm not sick anymore now I feel like you're just rubbing it in <laughs> I am so healthy I feel incredible I'm healthy intelligent <laughs> successful <laughs> I am mice free you know what me too <laughs> You know what? That is something to be grateful for. I never want to deal with mice again.
It was terrible. Anyways, so on this episode of Book Talk, we are going to talk about the Sarah J. Mass universe as a whole. Um, spoilers ahead for literally every series, <laughs> every book, everything. Spoilers everywhere. If you haven't read a series by Sarah J. Mass, maybe don't listen to this episode. Unless you just like don't want to read any of the series or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Do it, do whatever you want. But like if you will be upset that things get spoiled for you, this is not the episode for you. I feel like just as a as a it, we're gonna be ranking the books. We're gonna be ranking all the books in order. But I feel like to start very quick, rank the series as a whole. Each of the series. I feel like this isn't a question. I feel like we oh. all know the answer. But just in case it's interesting, <laughs> what is yours? Uh, Crescent City number one. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> obviously, the Accord of Thorns and Roses series is my number one. And then Throne of Glass quickly follows. Like, it's very close for me. I know it's not as close for you. Um, and then... Uh, Crescent City, dead last. <laughs> yeah, that would be... Uh, I would have the exact same order. Nice. Um, Before we get into ranking all of the books, do you have any, like, fun things to say about the multiverse in general? Just, like, opinions. Because, like, we've definitely... As people who have read every single book now... We know that the multiverse is happening. We know that Bryce is now in Akatar land. And do you have any like predictions for the multiverse in general? What you th- like? What do you think the next couple books are going to be like? I honestly don't know. I feel okay. like I'm going to be disappointed. Um, which is honestly of- fast. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> But I just think for me, the like the Crescent City books are alone so chaotic and underdeveloped that I don't want that to then try and develop in another world now. Um, and like, if anything, I would have liked uh, Assassin's Blade that series to go into Akatar, but Crescent City Mm -hmm. is the one that I don't want it to. um, And that's the one that obviously is. And just like the same reason you didn't watch like the last season of Sherlock, I don't know if I want to read these to then ruin Akatar. Truly. So that's my personal prediction. (laughs) That you are actually going to hate it. Um, yeah, it's hard to kind of tell, obviously, what it's going to be like. I just kind of wish, because, like, the thing is, is that Throne of Glass was, like, wrapped up. You know what I mean? Akatar and Crescent City are both not wrapped up. Like, I get that Reese and Feyre's kind of storyline is wrapped up, and now they're moving on to other characters' storylines. But it's, like, for me, that kind of means that like naturally throne of glass would be the book to start the multiverse with 
because like the relationships are established, the characters are established, the main conflict that happened throughout that series has come to an end. Which, like, I guess the main conflicts in Akatar have also come to an end, but they're just like Sarah J. Mass is just like developing more characters and developing different romances and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the main thing that I have an issue with is Crescent City because it's the least developed, but it's also it is like the catalyst for the Sarah J. Mass multiverse. Yeah, I just don't think like if you can't build Chris- Crescent City alone. You mm-hmm. you can't build the multi you can't build it in the multiverse. I don't know. I just I don't have faith that it's gonna work. Um, but here's you the know thing. What? I don't think the next maybe we will be surprised. Yeah, I feel I like so. we can't assume we're gonna dislike it, even though I feel like I am. I honestly like I don't think we're fully gonna get the multiverse for a while if i'm being like fully honest i think that we're going to get crescent city three and i don't think there's going to be a lot of characters from other series i honestly my prediction for that is i think that's going to take place in crescent city and it's just going to be whatever goes down without bryce present and then I think the next Akatar book is going to be Akatar also with Bryce. Like, I honestly, I think they're going to be pretty separate for a while. You know what? Or I maybe. I feel like I would like that. Mm-hmm. But or like... maybe Crescent City is going to, like, at the end, bring in Throne of Glass somehow. But I honestly, like... Or at least maybe this is more of a hope than like a prediction. Just because Crescent City is still so underdeveloped, I don't want the multiverse yet. Yeah, I just like another another Crescent City book. I also don't want to read. <laughs> like, I just don't, True. I don't care for any of the characters. I don't like the universe. So, like, the only reason I want to read the next one was because Akatar was in it now. So, if it drops off again, unless the world somehow develops and the characters actually have substance, I'm going to hate <laughs> Crescent City as a series even more. And, like, it's yeah. just, I, I don't know. I, I just, like... For me, if... For me, a large part of the issue is that the books are also just so fucking long. Where it's like, if they were like, even like three to four hundred pages, and if it was just like a little quicker, and if like, you know, whatever, I feel like I wouldn't be dreading the next Crescent City book as much. But because it's literally like 900 pages or something, like, that's a lot of book to get through. Like I already committed to so many pages of Crescent City and I have I've only liked like what two pages. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. I don't I don't know. I am I have my fingers crossed, but I don't have high hopes. That's But honestly, maybe that's for the best. That's true. Usually when we don't have high hopes, <laughs> our expectations are exceeded. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is good for us. 
yeah, it's humbling, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I really, like, the only reason I'm excited for the multiverse is because of Akatar and Throne of Glass. Because I feel, but, like, also, I feel like we talked about, especially in early Throne of Glass, how we didn't like the writing style because we felt that Sarah J. Mass established her writing style later on in the series and also with the Akatar books. Um, but Crescent City being the most recent series, like, this is her like even more established writing style. So I don't want to like read these characters that I love between both series in this writing star style that is just like not not my favorite. Yeah, like I I agree, but I feel like also we both did say uh, like the the start of the last chapter of the recent Crescent City book, you could tell like the tone and like the way the writing was changed. So I feel like True. maybe she'll keep it separate. Hopefully. <laughs> One thing that I'm excited for that I can potentially see happening just because it happened with Feyre and Reese, um, where like Reese taught Feyre how to read. I hope Reese also teaches Bryce uh, like how to speak their language because I think that would be hilarious because Reese as a teacher is like one of my favorite things because he is just so sassy and I just I love him so like I just I just I just want more Reese that's all I want and I want Azriel to end up happy and I want Lucian to end up happy and I want I just want I just want Akatar to be more wrapped up than it is and I just kind of wish that it had happened before the multiverse you know I don't like it that like I wish it had been like the way throne of glasses like done yeah. agreed 100% anyways do you have anything else to add before we chaotically get into our ranking of every single Sarah J Mass book ever um I'm gonna be with honest the exception of that weird book. sorry I said with the exception of that weird Catwoman book haven't read that have you not seen that i've said i know i've sent you tiktoks <laughs> okay in my defense <laughs> i go i go on a little little vacation not really on my phone that much it's like a week a week do you want to know how many tiktoks you sent me <laughs> Like a hundred and thirty. <laughs> so yes, maybe you did send it to me. Did I see it? I don't know yet. Love you. But yeah, what's what's um, Catwoman? Yeah, Sarah There's just like this really weird Catwoman book that Sarah J. Mass has written. Maybe look it up. I I didn't search. I didn't deep dive because I was like, this might be the only Sarah J. Mass book that I don't read. Oh, you know what? 92% like this book. Seriously? Well. Oh, wait, it's the third. It's the third novel in a DC icon series. Interesting. And I, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, well, it is. 
I also didn't know it was a thing until quite recently. Um, but yeah, we're going to be ranking every book except for that series, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that one's not in there. <laughs> uh, start bottom to top, lowest to highest. Yeah, sure. I feel like it's very clear what the bottom and the top are. Like, that's no mystery, the first and the last. Um, mm -hmm. Everything. I think our first and last are the same. I'm very confident that our first and last are going to be the same. If they're Imagine. different, I would die. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the stuff in the middle that's going to get interesting. Okay. So obviously... How many books are there? 15. 16? 15. 15. All right. Um, at a solid 16, 15. <laughs> at a solid 15, House of Sky and Breath. Breath. 100%. Yeah. Crescent City 2. Bottom. Bottom of the list there was absolutely no question hear me out now the thing is when i was making this list i had a little bit of trouble because some books i like as a part of the series so my question is how are you ranking these like are you ranking this as like within the series how did you find it or was it like if you were to read this book consider it alone what would you think of it mine was pretty much within the series like what I thought of it because I feel like a lot of these books can't really be rated as standalone books like okay. you know my my main one is like Tower of Dawn I had a hard time placing that because within oh, the series, what the actual hell? However, as a, like, objectively, I didn't hate it. I just hated where it was. I feel like I just kind of did a little bit of both. Okay. But a lot of it was just, like, also a lot of these books personally I found weren't super well actually maybe only one but like if they weren't if they weren't memorable like if I couldn't tell you the plot of the book or like something that I liked from the book or something that I greatly disliked from the book like I, I kind of just went off of like my memory of the plot itself but also like within the series and then obviously if there was stuff that I remember from the book where I was like, I hated that, 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 like with House of Sky and Breath, um, I, it went to the bottom of the list. It was kind of to do with, it was just, there's there's just like a lot of layers, man. Because it was partly to do with um, how it goes within the series itself. Because like, for like for example, Accordamus and Fury wouldn't be as good if we didn't have Akator, Akator, Akatar, we don't have Akator. You know? 
You've never heard of Akator? <laughs> yeah, but you know that's what I mean? fair, yeah. Because the plot twist and like the whole like the whole plot of that book was like a big yeah. plot twist. Well, all right, like, fair fair enough. I feel like mainly it's just Tower of Dawn was my issue because I don't nothing about it I particularly disliked except for the fact that it was so late in the series it was not like I hated that but it's not this year is like is this number 14 for you no I was I was a little bit hesitant but I don't think it is what is your number 14 tower of dawn (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. I don't think it is Tower of Dawn for me. I love how you don't have a like a set list. No, I have a list here, but I'm like just reading it now. I'm like, I don't know if I agree with myself, you know? So I, I have written down Tower of Dawn, but I just don't think it's true. I just think that like I didn't love the book as a whole I feel like the only like plot points that I remember um are plot points that I didn't like like Nesrin singing randomly like that whole weird sexual tension scene between Kaol and Yurene that was like incredibly public the weird plot twist at the end that like we didn't care about because we had completely forgotten about the character who was the villain and like Fair. it just like I feel like even as its own book I hated those plot points and I found the book itself like quite dull like it just wasn't exciting the only I... reason it was exciting was because of what was happening at the same time in Empire of Storms. Yeah. Uh, I honestly might have to go A Court of Frost (laughs) and Starlight. Okay. I can respect that. I think just like as a book reading Tower of Dawn I was like Wow. reading A Court of Frost and Starlight, I was like, what is this? Like, I was annoyed. I was also annoyed with the other one, but I was a different kind of annoyed. I feel like even though it was weird plot, there was plot to Tower of Dawn, whereas Court of Frost and Starlight, despite it, like, obviously bridging the story, I was like, that was, like, just stick it onto one of the books. I didn't need like Reese and Farah doing it in the sky and then painting. It, was, it wasn't for me. I'm I'm gonna go with that at 14. I'm realizing that like for me, like because you put a Court of Frost and Starlight so low, it's not obviously Tower of Dawn was number 14 for me. So like obviously it's not that low for me. And I'm realizing that I will forgive a bad book so much easier if it's short. That's because that's another you know, I had with Tower of Dawn where like it bored me, but it was like 
700 pages of boredom whereas like what a quarter frost and starlight was like 100 i finished it in a day whereas like tower of dawn i was i was in the trenches and same mm-hmm. with house of sky and breath <laughs> yeah house of sky and breath <laughs> i've never yeah, that had one was to try and read so hard tower of dawn is just just above maybe equal to but i'm gonna go with just above at a solid 13 for me Cool. My 13 is going to be House of Earth and Blood. House of Earth and Blood. That's the first Crescent City book. Oh. <laughs> Did you remember what it was called? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, but I feel like, here's the thing. I feel like when we originally rated House of Earth and Blood, I rated it quite high. Like, I think I gave it, like, an 8 out of 10 or something like that. But then I read House of Sky and Breath. And that, like, completely changes, like, my view on the first Crescent City book entirely. Just because... Yeah. I feel like I forgave a lot of what happened in House of Earth and Blood. Because I thought that it was just world building and I like was patient with it because I was like, it's just the first book. Things are like, it's just like a developmental thing. And then we got to the second book and nothing was actually developed. So I was like, okay, now I hate the first book and the second book because it was just a waste of my time. Um, I would have to agree. It was an absolute waste of time landing itself at number 12. (laughs) House of Earth and Blood. Okay, my my number 12 is A Court of Frost and Starlight. Okay, so we have basically the same bottom four, three, four, two, three. Numbers. Having a hard day. Um, No, I realize on my list also I have 14 books. Um... So you're missing one? Apparently. So we're about to find out what book I didn't write down. <clears throat> yeah, literally the only reason that A Court of Frost and Starlight is above Tower of Dawn and both Crests and City books for me is because it was at least short. And I feel like when we read it a second time, we were like, and like after we had finished A Court of Silver Flames and we were like, oh, yeah, there was some clear foreshadowing and like things that we missed while reading uh, A Court of Frost and Starlight the first time, which, to be fair, maybe if we reread the Crescent City books, that would happen. Maybe if we reread um, Throne of Glass, that would happen. However, because the Crescent City books are so goddamn thick, I will never be doing that. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> whereas like honestly if you asked me to reread a court of frost and starlight and like said that i like missed something again and i needed to read it for like whatever i would honestly do it because i could read it in one sitting you know yeah you're right i do hope that some of the things are i am right you know I what do i hope that some of the things are wrapped up yeah, I, I might even consider moving at House of Earth and Blood to 14. <laughs> Just like both crescents. Oh, so it would be, hold on. 
just both Crescent Cities at the bottom. Okay. But still Tower Honestly, of Dawn. I'm tempted to do that too, now that you I, Yeah, Tower of Dawns is still above uh, Frost and Starlight for me. Mm. You know, I think Tower of Dawn is still below A Court of Frost and Starlight for me. But maybe you're right. Maybe maybe the two Crescent City books are just dead last for me. I think they're I'm 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 doing it. That is that is my new accepted list. Yeah, honestly same. I just like I, I can't do and and at least um Tower of Dawn was like easier to read because at least I cared I cared like slightly more about Kale and I liked Jureen. I didn't really care about any of the other characters. But also the other thing too is like I think a lot of people really, really hate Tower of Dawn. Like it's their least favorite because they hate Kaol. I was I was always very neutral to Kaol. And like like our our friend Emma, she hates Kaol. <laughs> really? And so like Yeah. It's really funny because she and I have just like I feel like your and my book opinions are very similar and sometimes we differ like a little bit which is so far being shown like in this list in general like we have the same bottom four just in different spots um whereas I feel like I feel like uh Emma would put Tower of Dawn at dead last and the Crescent City books would probably be like actually I don't know how she feels about the Crescent City books entirely but I don't think she hated them as much as we did yeah, it was a passionate hate for me. All right, moving on to number 11. What you got for me? We're starting a new series now, uh, Throne of Glass. Interesting. Well, actually, <laughs> it's not that interesting. It's, it's not that far from where I put Throne of Glass. <laughs> but I put um, Crown of Midnight, actually the second book in the Throne of Glass series. Just because I feel like that one, when like the reason I put it there below Throne of Glass, because I feel like when we reviewed the books, Throne of Glass was not as high of a rating. Like I feel like I consistently increased my ratings throughout the series. But then in hindsight, I don't remember what happened in Crown of Midnight like at all. Like I could not tell you a single plot point. I'm going to be honest, with the Throne of Glass books, I have very little knowledge of what happens in what book, mm. except for, obviously, Tower of Dawn, I know what happens. Kingdom of Ash, I know what happens. A lot of trauma. Air of Fire and Queen of Shadows, those blend for me. Throne of Glass... Mm crown of midnight those blend for me and then assassin's blade i know yeah yeah see for me crown of midnight is like the only one where like it doesn't even blend i agree that air of fire and queen of shadows kind of blend for me but i know what happened in the first throne of glass book i don't know what happened in the second one <laughs> Fair like enough. I just, I just, it wasn't memorable for me, so that's why it's, it's where it is. And what, what about you? Why, why Throne of Glass? I just didn't. 
I didn't love it. Like I was a bit, I was underwhelmed reading it and it was aimed like it was the youngest book. Like reading it felt like it was meant for the youngest audience at that stage. And I, like we talked about it before, I really had a problem reading it. And I was just like, "Mm." especially because I think I went into this series thinking, yes, Sarah J. Mass. And then I opened the book and I was like, this is not what I wanted. So I feel like maybe, maybe I'm being harsh on Throne of Glass because my expectations were higher. And then once I got to Crown of Midnight, I was like, I already know what's going to happen. So I was less hopeful at this point. But just like, in my mind, this is the order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I feel like I went into Throne of Glass which with better expectations. But like, it, it's not changing our list very much. Because... Just above Crown of Midnight, I put Throne of Glass. Yeah, Crown so. of Midnight's right after Throne of Glass <laughs> for me. Yeah, for me, Throne of Glass, like, the only reason it's different is because I actually remember what happened. But it's still, like, kind of low because we talked about it before, as you said. Like, it was just written for too young of an audience for me to, like, really get into it. But at least I remember it. What you got next? Next, we are in the same universe. It's a little hint. Assassin's Blade. Really? Wow. Yep. I feel like I get it. It gave us the history we needed. Fair enough. I don't love the whole, the whole, th- I had an issue just in the Sarah J. Mass Throne of Glass series as a whole. When you can read books in an order you choose, that doesn't work for me. I need you to tell me what order to, not in tandem, not first, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. I need you to give me an order. And I felt like for me, Assassin's Blade was just kind of like, okay, we're no longer where we were in the story. Now I'm somewhere else. Read the story. Now I go back to the story. And obviously we needed the history. I get that we needed it. It just wasn't for me. Like I wish that would have just started with it and then kept going and not been like a a read it kind of in the early middle, you know? I do kind of like here. I don't I honestly don't know how I feel about where we placed the book when reading it, because I think that we placed it in a good spot because of how the writing style changed with Assassin's Blade. Like in that book, the writing style noticeably got better. But I do think I would like Assassin's Blade a lot more if we had read it first, because I wouldn't have been anticipating Sam's death so soon and so harshly you know yeah like I just feel like and like the thing is we could have read it one book after which is also suggested um but some of the things in the like where did we read it we read it third we yes we read it before Air of Fire okay some of the things that in Air of Fire reference the things that are in the assassin's blade book like some of the history some of the backstory some of the things come through so if you didn't read assassin's blade before you'd be like okay i don't don't know what's happening but that's fun so i don't understand reading it after that just seems strange to me like you just missed the backstory but like 
you're right. I kind of wish we just read it first, but also how were we supposed to know? I don't think I would have, I think that would have made me not like Throne of Glass even more because it like, I feel like we would have started with Assassin's Blade and I would have been like, oh my God, this is actually really good. And then we would have started reading Throne of Glass and I would be like, why is this so much worse? You know? (laughs) Yeah. I like, I wish it started at the level of Assassin's Blade and then kept going up. Yeah, like I wish that I like I just wish yeah I wish it was different, which is kind of why I'm excited to hopefully see Throne of Glass in the Sarah J. Mass multiverse because I would like to see these characters written, or like can like even the last four books, you know what I mean? Like that whole continuation. Maybe Sarah J. Mass should just rewrite the first three Throne of Glass books for a more adult audience. Like just change the writing style a touch, and it could be the like even just PG thirteen versions, like yeah. <laughs> what do you have? What number are we at? Nine. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I put Queen of Shadows. Okay. I feel like that one also wasn't as memorable for me as some of the other books but I do remember I I really liked it when we read it like I remember for me this was like the turning point in the series however I don't really remember what happened so I I don't want to like put it on the same level that I put it when I read it because if I don't really remember the plot then it it, it kind of loses points for me Fair. I have no um, memory, so that was not one of my deciding factors. Because these would all be so low. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the books that I dislike would be higher, because sometimes when I dislike them, I remember them more. True. I feel like there was, like, there was only three books in... No, only the two books in throne of glass that i just like don't really remember what happened and it was queen of shadows and crown of crown of midnight fair enough all right what's your number seven no Uh, eight eight. (laughs) i was like seven air of fire okay this was it was getting better at this point where i was like okay things are happening um but you know what other books i did actually i did debate about this with myself the (laughs) book just above this is close it was close because at this point in the throne of glass series i liked it like i liked the series i was into it i cared about the characters so seven and eight are close. I feel like now, just like I'm looking at my list, and I feel like now is where where we're going to start to differ. I feel like our tops are where it's going to start to differ, with the exception of obviously our number one that will never change until the day I die. Um, Literally nothing I read will be as good no. as that book. Nothing ever <laughs> But yeah, I feel like this is this is where things start to change because this is where we're going to see that I like Throne of Glass more than you do. Yeah. Okay, what's next? 
my number eight is Silver Flames. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Silver Flames is your lowest Akatar? I mean, apart from uh, Frost and Starlight. I wonder what yours is. What? Mine's coming up. Interesting. Yeah, I just feel like with Silver Flames, it's just, it just wasn't the same as the rest of the Akatar series for me. And I just didn't care about Nesta's storyline nearly as much about, as I did about Feyre and Reese's. As much as I love Cassian, for me, that's not enough to like be reading a book from the perspective of a character that I don't like. Um, even though the plot was was pretty good, but for me, it's just lower than a lot of the Throne of Glass books. That because is at, fair. Because at least it was like, yeah. I'm, I, I would disagree, but... <laughs> interesting i like i i don't know maybe when i reread a court of silver flames i didn't um hate it quite as much like it's like i i know it's not in the same point of view but for me it's in the same universe and like cassian and just like all of the storylines like the characters i just always cared more for especially at that point in the series that I just like it, I don't know it's it's higher up but I'll find out I where it is by that I thought you hated silver flames for some reason in context of Akatar, it's it's definitely on the low end um and I also feel like upon rereading a court of silver flames there was definitely some things that I just like like some tropes that I just didn't love. Like, I didn't love that Nesta lost her powers at all. I thought that was stupid. Even though I get that it serves its own stupid purpose. But for me, I just hate when a female main character loses her powers in, across the board. Um, and then I also didn't like that Nesta and Emery and Gwyn all won the right in the exact same way that Reese oh, Cassie. Yeah, that, was, that was so dumb. I just feel like a lot of the, like, a lot of the things were dumb. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's the characters for me. I can't, can't Fair. separate out the plot from the characters. But that being said, this one may surprise you. And this is your number eight? Or seven? This is my, oh, you know what? I was wrong. This one won't surprise you. We're wrong. It's not. It's not the one that I thought it was. I just can't read. Uh, it's Queen of Shadows. That's your number eight. Seven. Seven. Eight was Air of Fire. <laughs> this episode actually isn't our rankings. It's just us saying numbers back and forth. Eight, seven, five, <laughs> eight. Um, Queen of Shadows. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's fair. Do you remember what happens? Like, I don't. Uh, not particularly. I just know I liked them. I liked Queen of Shadows and Onward. I was like, good things are coming. Yeah, that's when th that's when shit really got to get started to get good. Interesting. 
My number seven is Assassin's Blade. So that's a good couple points above your oh. blade. Fair enough. I just really liked it. I don't know. I uh, Again, I'm conflicted about where we put it in the series. Because I do think if we read it first, I probably would be putting it a lot higher. Because I think that Sam's death would have broken me. Which naturally means I would have liked it more. <laughs> yeah, like, I want that where, like, someone dies and you're like, I will never emotionally recover from this. Whereas, like, Sam, did I care when he died? No. I mean, I did. I still cared when he died. I just was, I wasn't surprised by it. So I wasn't broken by it. Yeah, like, I was like, I was waiting for you to die. Okay. You're dead now. Because he died, there was like foreshadowing that like I think I would have missed. I don't think I would have caught on to that foreshadowing. Yeah. I would have much preferred like a <laughs> that kind of death. Yeah, like if we had read, it, read this first, I would have wept. I would have not been okay while reading that chapter. Yeah. But... <laughs> no, I was just gonna say instead I was like just waiting for him to die. Mm-hmm. and I also kind of like it because I feel like if it wasn't for Assassin's Blade the rest of the series wouldn't have been as good I do, that is- I do that's the thing like I kind of agree with our place I just feel like I don't really like the way the first books in that series were written because it wasn't chronological it was yeah. just weird but yeah that's my number seven fair uh, what's your number six? Yeah, my number six. A Court of Thorns and Roses. What? Oh my god, that is a twist! What? No. 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 That surprises me so much. Because hear me out. No. Did I... I- I simply won't. <laughs> Passionately love the series? Yes. Did I love the book? Yes. Did I care for the characters when I was reading it? Very few of them in the first book itself. I loved Tamlin. Feyre was okay. Her sister's irrelevant. Reese intriguing. Lucian cool like it was just compared to the other books i wasn't i wasn't as into it because hear me out we're not thinking of them as standalone books we're thinking of them within the series and at that point the characters aren't developed i can't i can't like it more i feel like the characters were more developed than the crescent city books to be fair um (laughs) Not that that's hard. Um, That's why they're at the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Interesting. That kind of just threw me through a loop there. I know. I knew knew you'd be surprised by my lowest uh, actor. Yeah, I feel like I loved just like I I, like just like the first two were so good for me. Which is why... (laughs) My number six 
is actually a court of wings and ruin. Absolutely no way you just said that out loud. Here we are. Um, okay, we're going back to a court of thorns and roses. We were both like, what the hell are we reading for like a good chunk of the book? The beginning was boring. It was boring. It was not good. We were like. And then we get past that. But you know what? I'm done defending. What? How could you possibly say that about one of the greatest stories? Here's what I remember when. Okay. This when we decided to do this, I remember we were talking about how like, you know, we were just curious. And I, I immediately thought of A Court of Wings and Ruin because it is not even like it's honestly barely above Silver Flames for me. Like in Akatar itself, the only like because it was. Thick I'm fun. sorry. Did this book not rip your heart out, step on it, and then throw it out the window? It yes. did, but only for the like that only happened at the end. I don't really remember what happened like in the first like 400 pages of the book, <laughs> or like oh, 300. Yeah. Not at all. But no. did any of the rest of any of these books? step on my heart and throw it out the window no no you're you're wrong I do not thing. accept that it didn't commit to the throwing it it like wound up to throw it out the window but then it just like brought it back and was like oh just kidding which is kind of maybe this is also like a hindsight thing but that's kind of a trope that I'm starting to hate in the Sarah J Mass universe the whole oh I'm about to kill this character haha <laughs> psych I'm like no honestly like at this point, with the exception of Reese, to be fair, but like it happened with Cassian, it happened with Ethan in Crescent City. It keeps, it just keeps happening. So uh, maybe it's a hindsight thing because I think when we read A Court of Wings and Ruin, I liked it a lot more. But there's just a lot of tropes that I'm like, I get what you're saying. Um, and you're and entitled Amarin to your too. opinion, but your opinion is wrong. <laughs> Amrin too, like Amrin. Like imagine it again. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Imagine if Amrin had gone back to her world, which we are pretty sure is Crescent City, and then imagine if Crescent City one comes out, and we see Amrin. Oh my Crescent god! I'm root of all evil. I would literally have to lie down. <laughs> but like you know what I mean? Like to me that would have just been better. But instead it was just like a cop out, where it was like, oh, just kidding. We're gonna bring Amrin back. Very happy that they brought Reese back. Don't get me wrong. That is not a question. If Reese died, I probably wouldn't be reading the next Akatar books. But Amrin, uh, I get what you mean, but also no. Um, I knew you were gonna hate me for this one. Like reading, reading that book. You know what? Maybe I'm basing it less on like logic of like if the book was good, more on just like feeling reading court of wings and ruin definitely made me be like oh my god i need to keep reading this is incredible like i would i could skip a class i could do anything mm. 
the other ones less so like I would go to class and then come home reading Wings and Ruin if you told me to put the book down I'd be like no I I didn't really feel that way but I feel like that's also because I don't really care for like war strategy in books and that was a lot of what happened in Wings and Ruin it was a lot of like there's gonna be a battle how do we plan for that and I just I just don't fuck with that as much um in books fair yeah I knew you were gonna hate me for that one yeah that was surprising yep uh (laughs) what's your number five let's just move past this see now this is where a court of silver flames comes in for me at number five okay cool I respect it yeah it's reasonable yeah I feel like it's not it's just not that good for me it's not a top five for me that's fair it's the entire Sarah J Mass universe it it hits my top five what is your first top five (laughs) this is why I had to drink this episode I had to prepare to be yelled at yeah I'm just gonna have a sip of this should I go make another one what do you have to say I, I might make another one say it air of fire what <laughs> that's in your top five and a court of wings and ruin is not like duh you know what it was okay like that book was fine do i know I, what happened no i really liked it it was when maeve came maeve came into play and it was when rowan was introduced and like it was when Selena was doing her training to, and like Rowan was gently bullying her, and it was like the start of their beautiful love story. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. They had a weird love story. I don't, I don't like that he bit her. Don't like that he talked about being related for no reason. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is for me, I didn't hold on to the related thing as much as you did. Yeah, I, I had some beef with that book. You um, did. And that beef lives on. <laughs> that beef lives on. Yeah, no, for me, Air of Fire, it was good for me. I liked it. For me, Air of Fire was definitely when the Throne of Glass series kicked off. All right. I feel like it kicked off way sooner for me than it did for you. All right, now, top four. What's your number four? At fourth, Empire of Storms. Same. Whoa. What is this? You know what? That was, I didn't think we'd have a similar one in the top area. That was the same at all. It was good. Empire of Storms was very good. It was so good. It was, yeah, perfect. Well, obviously not because it's not number one, but like, I remember reading Empire of Storms and I remember like every single plot point in Empire of Storms and like the entire book was kind of like the typical last hundred pages of a Sarah J Mass book. You know what I mean? I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what happened in Empire of Storms. Okay. I just, <laughs> it's a lot of what I'm basing this off of are the feelings that I had or remember having while reading the book. It has nothing to do with what actually happened because I don't remember. Okay, well, to enlighten you, 
there was a lot that happened in Empire of Storms. It was like plot twist after plot twist after plot twist. There was like multiple battles, not just like a lead up to one battle, which I'm kind of learning that I don't necessarily care for. I'd rather it be a lot of small battles. Okay. And then a big battle at the end. But like... So you just want more battles. <laughs> I just want more fighting. <laughs> okay. But no, and then the, like, it, like the characters at this point were just so, so fucking developed. Like there was Lysandra, there was Adion before he kind of became shitty. There was Rowan, there was Aelin. Fucking Rolf came back and he ended up being okay. Like there was just, it was immaculate. Oh and, yeah, and then some of the some of the char- that character from Assassin's Blade also came back in this one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? It was good. It was good. It was so good. Also, ooh, speaking of a lot of things, I thought about this recently uh, when I was just like festering about Crescent City. Maybe I was editing. Um, we're gonna say I was editing, not just like thinking about how much I hate these books in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like. I remember we were introduced to um, Nyx, was his name, in Throne of Glass. He was brought. He he was literally one minor character. Who? Nyx. He was the guy who also was competing in the king's thing. Who became friends with Selena, and then he like escaped, and then he came back in the last book as a messenger. Oh. Is his name Nix? I thought so. Knox? I think it's Knox. Oh. Because Nix just sounds like Nick, but plural. I feel I don't like. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Knox. Okay, leave me alone. It's not that far off. Anyways, we were introduced to Knox in the first book. And he was only a side character. Like, yes, he was friends with Selena, but he didn't really have like a huge purpose. And then he escapes. And we only meet him again in the last book. Nine books later-ish. Who knows? I don't remember. Eight? Who knows? Um, And we remembered him. Or it's like, in Crescent City, I meet a character at the beginning of the book. 200 pages in, I have forgotten who that character is. That's fair. But yeah, that, that was something that I thought of. And I feel like with Throne of Glass... Empire of Storms is when all of these characters started to like resurface and come back. And this is when like the ball really got rolling. This is when Selena fully released her unhinged side. This is where we met fucking Lorkin. Lorkin? Manon? Mammon? I I can't. I'm losing my shit over this book. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's the last um the last uh like Kingdom of Ash, where Lorcan, yeah, almost That's dies, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but this is where we met Lorcan. Is this where he sacrifices himself, or is that Kingdom of this Ash? Is where, uh, at the end of this book, is where Maeve captures Selena, and Lorcan like crawls after her, and Elide is hurt by that. Because their bond was, like, severed between Maeve and Lorcan at that point. Okay, but you know what I'm talking about when uh, 
he sacrifices his shield uh so allied doesn't die yes is that this book that's this book incredible masterpiece i love (laughs) working nice yep fucking empire of storms was incredible now we're at top three i'm i'm assuming yours is a quarter wings and ruin yeah okay interesting wait hold on what was your akatar Like what? What number was the first Akatar book for you? Uh, thirteen. Akatar was that thirteen for you? The like my first Akatar book, or you mean like a Court of Thorns and Roses, or you just yeah, mean... the first Akatar book was placed where? Oh, seven. Oh, okay, so kind of kind of close. Um, I almost said that they were exactly flipped. My number three is Akatar. Would you rather it be two and number one? Like, what do you mean? Don't give me that. That's (laughs) true. Whatever. Okay. Then I'm assuming number one and number two are the exact same for us. Oh my god, I think so. Number one, Court of Mist and Fury. Obviously, no question about it. Number two, Kingdom of Ash. 100%. Pretty good. You know what? Honestly. Hear me out, though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been surprised if you knocked down A Court of Mist and Fury or Kingdom of Ash because you put A Court of Wings and Ruin so far down. It's like, I don't even know you. I just like, I feel like I have, I, well, you know what? Maybe it boils down to fucking Lucian. Because I care about Lucian way more than you do. You I actually Lucian. care about the characters in Akatar. Like, and I loved Alice. I did like and, Alice. And I, I liked Feyre in the first book. She didn't become, like, irrelevant to me until way later in the series. I just, like, the but plot... Was, like, the plot of the first book is just so outrageous. Like, it's just so outrageous to me. I also... Maybe it's because I have, like, an attachment to it where, like, it is, like, we, we talked about it forever. It is the book that got us back into reading, which, in theory, is the book that, like, inspired the podcast, if you want to think about it that way. Like, this is the book... That's true. ...that started it all. Even if we didn't like the first bit, but it was, like, a, like a very small pinch of chapters yeah. compared to, like, an entire... I'm not saying I don't passionately love A Court of Thorns and Roses. It is in the greatest series to ever exist. (laughs) However, just in my list, it doesn't stand the test to some of the other. Even Throne of Glass books, which is surprising, considering you like Throne of Glass more than I do. True. Honestly. I feel like a lot of our placements were like very the same, with the exception of A Court of Wings and Ruin and Akatar. Those were the only ones that were like pretty much flipped for us. Yeah. But everything else is like within one or two numbers of each other. Poor Crescent City. Poor Crescent City, man. Oh, it's just bad. I just hate it. And I just, I can't get past so many things. No, I, no. But yeah, no, for me, like, like for me, 
A Court of Mist and Fury and Kingdom of Ash are one, they are so close. I feel like they would be almost like tied if it wasn't for the fact that Aelin lost her powers. I think that is the stupidest thing that has ever happened, considering she was so powerful, but whatever. Um but like then you go to Agatar, it is much lower. Like if you were to visualize it. Like Accordimus and Fury and Kingdom of Ash are just <clears throat> such good books. Would agree. The 13. We don't need to talk about that. We don't. We don't need to Lorcan. My sweet Lorcan. I love I love Lorcan and Alive. Sorian so and Mammon. It's beautiful masterpiece two yeah. masterpieces up top honestly a masterpiece except there were some things i thought were a bit weird though of like kingdom of ash when the randomly the uh lost army of fey yeah, like the portal up. just kind of happened yeah there, there was no like lead up to it so i just like yeah. it can't it can't be perfect you know according mist and fury that is that is true perfection there are no plot holes there is Feyre painting a cabin that doesn't belong to her, which is the most disrespectful thing I could, like, possibly imagine someone doing. But, like, you know, other than that, great. But even then, it's, it's like, so disrespectful that it's funny. So it doesn't even really take off many points from books, you know? Especially because I envision her not being great at painting. Oh, you can't, like... No matter how much they try and sell that she's good at painting, the whole series, I read her drawings as horrendous. And that just makes it almost better. And she, like, gifts people <laughs> paintings. <laughs> well, that was a mildly surprising, mildly not as surprising list. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the only really big uh, diff like differing opinions we have was the Court of Rings and Ruin versus Akatar, and maybe like Assassin's Blade a little bit. Yeah, but other than that, like yeah, everything was pretty much the same. Everything important was the same, which is the last two and the top two. <laughs> everything in the middle is just eh. <laughs> yeah. Everything in the middle is just kind of like cool. But, like, that's the thing. When I made this list, I immediately knew my top two. And I thought I immediately knew my last two, which I thought was going to be House of Sky and Breath and Tower of Dawn. But then when I was filling out the middle, that was hard for me. Yeah, like, the last basically four, I knew those were the last, like, the bottom ones. Mm -hmm. So I was like, these are no, these are yes. The middle, I was like, just basing it off vibes for some of them because yeah. I didn't remember the plot. <laughs> and you know what turned out kind of well yeah honestly like the more I think about it the more I'm like half tempted to put Empire of Storms above Akatar. so have Empire of Storms be number three and then Akatar be four but then then I'm taking away our one that was the same that's true <laughs> <You're guilty. laughs> let us have this <laughs> uh, but like 
Yeah, when I think about it, like when I was like thinking about the plot points in Empire of Storms, I was getting very passionate. Yeah, you know what? I did love Empire of Storm. Now that I'm realizing what book that was um, yeah. and what happened. It was the one where like we were scared Lysandra was going to die for a second when she was like a sea dragon and those like weird sea wyverns were coming out. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think the only plot was Lorcan for me. So I just, I love Lysandra. I love the female characters specifically in Akatar because they are all such, not Akatar, in Throne of Glass because they are all such badasses. Like Lysandra, yeah. Manon, and Aelin. And just like that's, that's what I was hoping for in Crescent City. True like the I don't know what it is about Bryce we just don't have enough on her she doesn't have a defined character so she's just not like she's not badass she's not like wow I wish I was like her she's just kind of like a little bit rash I feel like she doesn't even know what she's fighting against you know Whereas, yeah. like, I feel like every other character has, like, a distinct purpose where I feel like it's almost like Bryce is only fighting in this rebellion because Hunt is. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, why would I care if the main character doesn't, like, care? Yeah. Uh, like, I know I'm going to read it, but I am not excited for the next Crescent City book. Hmm, me neither. But we can't not read it. No. I feel like we should like buy it when it comes out and like not record the episode until like April so that we have like four months to read the book instead of like a couple weeks yeah we we read it in two days we're like because we can always we can always push it forward yeah honestly that's true let's give us more time because I honestly struggled it was a chore like it was a legitimate chore Yes, I literally made myself read a chapter every day because I had to. I've literally, I have never felt that way about the book, a book for this podcast. Because, like, the only thing that really got me through was the fact that I was excited to talk to you about how much I hate the book. But, like, yeah, it was so bad. It was so bad that that almost wasn't even enough. Because I remember being excited to talk to you about It Ends With Us and We Were Liars because we hated it. But, like, at least those were shorter reads and I feel like they had more redeemable points to them yeah like we hated them for different like we hated the plot we hated the characters but like we in like it ends with us we hated specific things but just like it's Crescent City the vibes oh another thing um we are so bad at doing these book talks because we talk about how like every time we're gonna say are you reading anything for fun um and then we never do but this time I am reading stuff for fun so I actually kind of want to talk about it um the first one is a book called the body keeps the score which I've sent you snapchats of it's the book that's like calling me out emotionally it's like kind of a self-helpy book but it's about how like we how humans like react to trauma and like how we store trauma and like okay um specifically how we store trauma in the body um i've only just started it but so far it's really good um it mostly talks about like war veterans so it's not super relatable yet because i have never been to war 
um, only in books. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. <laughs> um, but the other thing is I got a book uh, finally in celebration of Black History Month. I know we talked about it in a book talk uh, forever ago, but it's called The Skin We're In. Um, and the reason I bought it is because it's actually Canadian. Like it's about racism in Canada. Um, but like, not just like in indigenous racism, which I know we see a lot of, this is specifically about like defunding the police in Canada as a result of the black history month or no, no black lives matter protests that happened after George Floyd was murdered by dickheads. Anyways, sometimes I get angry when I read these books, so I have to read them slowly. But it's really good so far. And just like being a Canadian podcast, um, it's kind of nice. I feel like we get a lot of media from America. And I feel like the BLM movement, the ball kind of got rolling because things were happening in America. But there's just this like, I hear a lot of Canadians say this, where like a lot of Canadians will say, well, like racism isn't that as bad in Canada as it is in the States. So I like that this is a book kind of talking about how, oh no, it is <laughs> like, because I'm sure you've heard that a million times before. Like, yeah, it's just like, it's kind of a wild thing to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of Canadians don't really realize how bad racism is in Canada when it's it's still there just because we're not america doesn't mean we don't have our issues yeah also when it's like comparative they're like oh yeah well mm. it's not as bad so it's fine i'm like is that <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i don't really think that's how racism works <laughs> I like racism really is think just about bad <laughs> anyways Usually we do that up top, but I just like looked at my book stack and I was like, fuck, I actually wanted to talk about this. So, well, I'm not reading anything currently that's not podcast relevant. Except for your studies. Yeah, except for, <laughs> except for the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> Which is half a joke, but I was reading the beginning part of our charter <laughs> this morning because I had to. Oh, law school just sounds like hell. I'm sorry. We're doing well. <laughs> learning lots. I think. Hopefully. I'll let you know after finals. Maybe learning nice. nothing. Well, I think that's all I got for you. Yeah, me too. That was a fun episode. I liked that one. I learned some things. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time you talk about how much, like, because here's the thing, you have talked about how much you love Akawar uh, a lot. And every time I just kind of sit there and I'm like, uh-huh. You're like, sure. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know what it is about that series. It's, it. you know what I do know? It's the characters. Mm -hmm. characters. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to follow us on social media, we have an Instagram and Twitter, which is at bookbevies, um, and a Gmail for longer email inquiries, which is bookbevies at gmail.com. 
Um, feel free to either like tweet, DM, or email us your lists if you guys are like up to date on your Throne of Glass, Crescent City, Akatar journey like we are, because I'm so curious for everyone. And if you have happened to have read Catwoman, throw it in the list. Let me know where Truly. it lands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because if it's high up, we're going to have to read it. Honestly. Honestly. And we will. Because even though I feel like we complain a lot about Sarah J. Mass books, especially recently. <laughs> it's almost as if we could pick a different author. <laughs> ah, well, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Goodbye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.